0: you know america's all about hot badass nasty speed I and mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to behind the mask as always i'm ron adosevich joined alongside by jacob stinson and cameron mclaren it is a snowy day here in michigan 2-2-2022 Turned out to be a uh, heck of a snowstorm, and, uh, well, we got like probably eight inches down right now, and it's it's coming down even more. So who knows? We might be snowed into Holden Hall by the time we get out of here, but gentlemen, how are you guys
0: doing today? Um, it's I'm doing all right. It's I find it funny that like immediately once school goes back in person, just East Lansing goes into an apocalypse, basically. Yep. Like yesterday was a power outage that took out like half of campus, like down towards... Um, a little closer afterwards, like Okamis. Yeah, that um, was the
1: calm before the storm, too. The storm didn't even hit. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and that also like,
0: knocked up, out is. the Wi-Fi on campus and all that. And then I wake up this morning. Oh, hey, guess what? There's like uh, six inches of snow on the ground. We're supposed to get up to 10, I think, so I just find it funny.
2: Yeah, and I mean, what was it? Yesterday we got an alert of a, a, a train being disabled yeah. right by Hagedorn. So it's like the second time this year that you know a train is... Not had very much fun on the south side of campus. And then, yeah, same thing. I had to go to Lansing this morning to clear out a storage unit. And driving there was a pain because I get out there and it's six inches of snow. I'm like, you know what? I thought it would be fine at that point in time. I didn't think it'd be that bad. But, no, it was that bad. But we're here and we've got a pod to get through. So
1: Yeah, we did make it here through the... Uh, through the inches of snow that have fallen down and yeah, we got some hockey to talk about. Sorry for our hiatus last week. Michigan state was on a buy. So we decided, Hey, let's take a buy too, but we got a lot of hockey to talk about. Hopefully a jam packed episode. Uh, not, I mean, not looking too good for MSU, but we'll get into that later. So two weeks ago, some games to note number three, Michigan and number 11, Minnesota did split at three M arena. Uh, Minnesota's home arena. Penn state did sweep Wisconsin and Ohio state did sweep MSU. Uh, we'll talk about that later, sadly. But uh, last week in Big Ten action, number 10 Minnesota and number 12 Notre Dame split. Number three Michigan swept Wisconsin. Penn State and Ohio State split. And MSU had a bye, wasn't in action. So that's that's a little recap of the last two weeks. Some updated standings and rankings for you guys. Michigan on top of the Big Ten still with 38 points. They are number three in the nation right now. And Ohio State... Getting into second place with 37 points in the Big Ten. Big shocker. Big, big shocker. Their team is just being dominated by a freshman right now. It's crazy what they're doing. But they are number two in the Big Ten. Number nine nationally. So they're making some absolute noise when it matters the most. Minnesota checking in number three for the Big Ten. They got 31 points. They are ranked eighth nationally. After them is Notre Dame with 26 points. Followed by Penn State with 17. Wisconsin with 16. And Michigan State sitting in the last of 15 points with a 11-14-1 record overall. So that is the updated standings. I maybe should have just left the last team on that list off just to make our hopes a little bit better. But, hey, we cover MSU hockey. We got to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. So let's do it, gentlemen. We got the Ohio State recap, the games that went down two weeks ago. The first game was a 1-4 to loss for the Spartans. It was pretty much yet another game, yet another weekend to forget for them. The only goal for the Spartans came from Tanner Kelly, uh, his, his second goal of the year. MSU was outshot right out the gates in the first period, 16-3. to They did end up taking a 1-1 tie going into the second, though, so I guess that's a positive. Uh, Jakob Dobesch, he's a real deal. Freshman goaltender for OSU has not even flinched. He went 31-32 for 32 for the game. And other than that, lackluster performance from the Spartans, in my opinion. Not much else to say. Gentlemen, what do you
0: guys have? You called it lackluster. I honestly think it more, it, honestly I feel like it lacked a little bit of effort even. It just, I think the best word I'm looking for is uninspired, um, is kind of the vibe I got from watching them in that game. It I just could never really put like a full, like I guess, I can't really figure out exactly what was going on for a lot of it at first, but a lot of it was just they were getting beat to the loose pucks. Um, they they didn't win, like, any 50-50 battles or anything like that. Um, and it was just all in all, bad game. And obviously the results show right there. They're getting outshot 16-3 in the first period. It is not very easy to come back from that, especially from a team as skilled as Ohio State is. So, yeah, pretty uninspired is the, is the word of the day there.
1: Yeah, and after losing four games straight, you think that um, Michigan State returns home, they're facing Ohio State, a little bit of a rivalry game, that they would have that spark, but it just didn't seem like they had it. Cam, what did you see in that game? I mean, in my honest opinion, I understand the effort part. I'm
2: actually going to go a little bit different. I'm just going to say I think it was just a little bit too much like they were trying too much to do things. They were trying too much. It's a little bit of like you know when the goal score. Whenever you have a goal scorer and they don't score goals for a while, you know the the, uh, the saying is you know a little bit they're gripping the stick a little bit too hard. You know, they seemed like they came out of the gates good. They they were playing. It was a pretty even game. Michigan State gets on the board first off the shot pass the, with the tip in front by Kelly, which was a great play, and they they worked it around the boards to get that puck up to Krieger, who ended up shooting it and went goes off of the freshman sticking in but to me it was just the the remaining three goals that they gave up were a one-on-one breakaway essentially opportunity that who was it wasn't westlin that put it away but singleton singleton puts it away cuz it's a one-on-one and he goes top cheese on on the Ritter. The second goal was they just went tic tac toe in the offensive zone. Michigan State couldn't get it out. It goes one two three. Merkulov or Thiesing on the doorstep, and then the third one was Merkulov on the doorstep again. A sharp angle shot, but once again, it was the defensive zone coverage just wasn't there. It just seemed like Ohio State was playing out of their league, essentially playing like a number nine team in the nation. And Michigan State just wasn't able to hang on with them. I mean, you talk about getting down sixteen to three in shots. They ended up w- winning. I'm pretty sure, as Danton said um in his press conference, that they won five out of the six periods on the weekend in terms of shot totals and shot chances.
1: yeah, yeah, that's
2: because cool. I mean, we take a look at it. The first period was completely dominated in terms of shots by Ohio State, but in terms of play, it was as well. And then they gave up the rest of those goals, which are goals that, you know, sometimes the should have those. But then other times defensive zone coverage was lacking. But to me, it's just that it was they were trying, I think, too hard to try to play up to Ohio State, who's been playing out of their minds. And it's just it's something of if you can't stop the train, get off the tracks, otherwise you're going to get burned. And they got burned three times.
1: Yeah, and give credit where credit's due. Ohio State, every goal they had in that game, except for empty netter at the end, which, you know, that's not going to be pretty. That's just an empty netter. But every goal that they had came off of perfect passes. The first goal to uh, Singleton, it was basically like a 150-foot pass. It met him right at the blue line, and he was in alone. But it was the
2: second time they did that in the first period. Yeah. The second or third time, they had that option available. They just, that was the one time they connected. And, I mean... Tom Izzo talks about turnovers for touchdowns. That's that's the definition of a turnover for a touchdown, or in this case, a lapse in defensive judgment leading to a one on one with a defender who's caught flat footed at that point in time. Like, it's just the odds of Michigan State escaping that situation without giving up a goal were slim to none. And there was none because Singleton scored.
0: Yeah. And I'd agree off that. Piggybacking off that just a little bit. Um, talking about you know the those time touchdown passes right there um what i noticed the, the reason those passes are even like able to happen in the first place is all about possession msu did not have good possession for any tangible stretch of time like for pretty much the entire weekend um there was some for most of it at least there were some flashes in the second game but um like they were just they would it would seem there were stretches where just Ohio State would have the puck and they would not give it up for minutes at a time. Where it was like they were skating faster than them. The puck was moving so well to the point where they couldn't keep up with that either. Just all in all, when you get to that point where you're running around your own zone like that trying to chase the puck, then it's just it, it that's where you can lead really to bad goals and things like that. And let's say you get the results they did on the weekend. Um, and so you're not able to generate chances like that yourself. You are constantly having to fight to get the puck back and get, fish the puck out of your own net.
1: You said something, Cam. You said you think MSU gave too much effort. I just I, a I, little I,
2: bit because I honestly think that when when you take a look at it psychologically, you're coming off of losing four straight games. You're going into a bye week. Number one, you're going into a bye week. So therefore, you know you, you want. Those games to be your last bit of effort, yeah, which is what all... we see in the, what we as a group saw in the second game. Now, mind you, I will say this: I think I did screw up on one of the goals because there were, what is it, three to two, four to one. So that's quick math. That's ten goals scored on the weekend, and I'm trying to remember all of them. And I think I might have messed up the one for Merkulov. Um, hey, that was pretty in the Second game, yeah. but it, it either way, the fact of the matter was, I think. Psychologically, you have you welcome in a Big Ten opponent at home who you were predicted to beat essentially at the beginning of the year in the standings by members of the media, hands hands wink wink us, and other people. To be honest, you would think that you could hang with a team like Ohio State because they did the first time they played them. But
1: yeah, and that was with Lewandowski and Locker, which I'll I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was thinking that maybe because you said that the effort thing. That everybody was playing too individually, and because of that, they like the team didn't really mesh. Is is that something, or because that's what I was thinking from that? No, okay.
0: I'll kind of jump in on this actually. I think part of it still it comes back to what I was saying last pod uh, about the offense not really having much of an identity um, in, in the absence of guys like Lockyer and Lewandowski. They, I don't think they knew exactly how to score goals, um, and I think they were kind of over over things to the point where they end up trying to do too much and end up doing nothing. Um, and I think that was that was more the case there. I think they figured out they definitely figured out a little bit better in the second game but just couldn't put enough put it together enough consistently.
1: Speaking of that second game, it was a much more competitive game. MSU did fall 2 to 3 to Ohio State, but it seemed like another one of those games where MSU just ran out of time like that Michigan game when it was I'm pretty sure that was a 3-2 loss where it seemed like Michigan State ran out of time so it was it was a lot more entertaining to watch but still to drop another game this now that's the sixth straight loss going into a bye week that's just that takes a physical and mental toll on you so game 2 loss uh, OSU jumped out to a 2-0 lead and this is where I thought it was personally going to get a little ugly but it did not Bendorf got his ninth of the year on the power play. He is now tied for the most goals on the team with Jeremy Davidson. so two additions to the team now leading and scoring. That's positive. We'll look at that. That's good. And then in the second period, late in the second period of 33 seconds left, this is this is a goal that you you do not want to give up, especially in this type of game. OSU gets a goal and goes up three to one to end the second. If it was two to one, ending the second, I look at MSU as having a great chance in the third, but now you're down two goals. You're going to have to dig out of a big hole in 20 minutes, and they they just were not able to. Uh, Jesse Tucker did assist on both MSU goals in this game. He leads the team with 16 Oh, I accidentally missed something. Whoops. Tanner Kelly got his second goal of the weekend, third goal on the season. So there you go. Have yourself a, a weekend, Kelly, even though MSU lost both games. We're not going to talk about it. That goal came at one minute, thirteen seconds remaining when Deritter was pulled. So MSU did make it two to three there, but they ran out of time, eventually losing the game. MSU was out or MSU did outshot OSU though, in this game, forty two to thirty. And that was the season best for MSU. So they took this five game losing streak. They stared at it right in the face, and they gave it their all. but Jakob Dobesh and the rest of the OSU team just played it a little bit better and won the game. What's next here? And yeah, something we gotta talk about. This team, since Lewandowski and Lochran have been out, it's just there's not much to turn to. The the good thing is the Middendorf Tucker Davidson line that I'll talk about in a second, that's been go that's been going well. But the rest of the team, it's since Lochren and Louis have been out, has just sputtered. It's spiraled out of control. It's a it's, it's a fiery car wreck right now. It's oh, oh geez, oh geez. So uh what do you guys got a game two? Got on anything else?
0: Um, yeah, so I was talking about I'm work I'm working on this one piece right now. I might post it. I, I probably won't get it out with before the Minnesota series. So Ooh, a little teaser. If, oh. if trends continue, I'll probably get it out. Um, a bit ap- like after that, uh, after that series ends early next week. But so that last two minutes or whatever of Game Two, I think was some of the best hockey I've seen MSU play all weekend. Or all season, really. Um,
1: I was going to say all weekend. Yeah, that well, definitely was well, def, all weekend. Well, yeah, because
0: there isn't much to pick from <laughs> Yeah, uh, as far as the weekend goes. But, no, like that's some of the best hockey I've seen them play all year, uh, specifically without Lewandowski and Um, And the reason why for that was they had an identity. They were doing the simple things well. And I think that's when you, when you lose some of your stars, quote-unquote. And, you know, so you're relying on... Everybody else to make plays, relying on like, you know, on that identity that I've been harping on. They found that for a little bit during that. There were stretches during the game, and but I think it really came to a head during the last two minutes of, or so. They were winning the 50-50 battles. They were grinding that puck in the corner. Granted, they had an extra man, so that helps. But so they're grinding. They're grinding the puck down low. They're crashing the net. Um, they weren't necessarily going for pretty goals, one timers, anything like that. Um this is this isn't shell. This that's not how you get goals in real life, at least. Um unless you're a Vetchkin. Unless you're a Vetchkin. But <laughs> like most you know, goals don't have to be pretty. And that's the thing I think this is a big takeaway um from those last few minutes. Goals don't have to be pretty. The that McDavid goal that everyone talks about, or the or the Trevor Ziegris lacrosse goal, uh, or the one, yeah, or the one with McDavid. Stick handle through like four Rangers players. That's worth just as much as far as points go as a random tap in uh, that you get off a rebound.
1: Yeah, it's as good as a puck deflecting off somebody's butt and in the net.
0: Exactly. And so I think that's the thing MSU really needs to learn is the goals don't have to be pretty. You if you just play physical, you know, kind of grind them out in front of the net. They'll come, and they did um, during that speed or during that last two minutes or so. They played some of their best hockey where they were doing the simple things and they weren't trying to overcomplicate things. And I think that was something they can build off of. I just want to see them put it together for a full 60. Mm.
2: I think this game specifically, the the second game is retribution for what happened at the beginning of the year against Ohio State because immediately after that game, the following week at the press conference and even I think it was at player availability, they had said, you know, in the Big Ten, you have to find ways to win, and you have to win games that you know, you're know you not supposed to win. Michigan State, the f- what, first game against Ohio State, they were not supposed to win that game. They, it, The players even said they did not play well at all that game, and they still won. It's pretty much the same w- way, except in reverse. That happened in Game 2 was Michigan State played very well and still lost. Sometimes you still lose those games that you, you play very well in, that you're supposed to win. But to me, I, felt vic- I fell victim to the writing the narrative before it even started because, not going to lie, my, 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 le- my lead and my headline was already written before puck drop Ooh. because I, I knew that Michigan State was just going to lose this game. You didn't think? Uh, now, mind you, strength. I didn't think that it would be as close as it was because I'll tell you this, they thoroughly surprised me throughout that game. Which is why I ended on a happy note. If you talk about the second line, I think the first line was great. Honestly, the past six games, yes, you don't have Lochran. Yes, you don't have, um, excuse me, Lewandowski. But you still have guys that have been here for a long time. And mm-hmm. honestly, Jagger Joshua was playing like a first line forward. And he has been for the past few games. And I will stick by that opinion. For some reason, the, the kid it knows what he's doing. And he does it very well you put him on a line with Nother who was excellent on face-offs last year has had a little bit of a dip this year but to me it's exactly what you had talked about where Michigan State you know it doesn't have to be pretty they have the guys that are doing that it's just not going in that's the problem is you know you know when you have like people that are very superstitious you know it's just the the black hat walking across or like not walking under a ladder Everybody's got their own superstitions, but there's also sayings of it's like, you know, when it rains and pours, you, oh, you can't catch a break, you can't buy a break. That's what's going on with Michigan State right now. That was that sick that was that game. That pushed the losing streak to 6 was the fact that even when they play their best hockey that they've played all year and they deserve to win that game, it doesn't go their way. Like that's just it's, it's sometimes just things do not go your way. And that, that's honestly the game that could possibly turn the tide heading into the final month of play. Because honestly, there's a lot of things that they could take out of that game and should have taken out of that game, especially going into the bye week, saying, look, they have X amount of time left in the season to move up X amount of points. And I don't know if we're going to get to this because I kind of just want to get to it right now. But you take a look at the standings right now. Michigan State... If they do, if they win six games, and barring Notre Dame winning, I think more than three, Michigan State would host a, a playoff game.
1: That would be. They're monumental.
2: only two points behind Penn State, and three or no, two of the three teams that they have in front of them, they play at the end of the season. They play this month, and if everything goes well in Michigan State's favor in terms of Wisconsin, and Penn State doesn't pick up too many points. Michigan State beats Notre Dame and Penn State to the end of the year. You may be talking about a team that slides up to fifth and has to replay a team that they had already beat.
1: That would be best-case scenario.
2: Honestly, best-case scenario for this team right now is Notre Dame. That is one thing I'll stick by. Michigan they State, always they, play, play they always, always play close, but they play even closer at Compton. Mm. For some reason, Danton Cole can win at Compton. That's not something a lot of teams can do. And especially against the Notre Dame team that you know is still ranked I'm pretty sure if I yeah, 13th. Yeah, they're still ranked. they play up and they play down. They're in games, they shouldn't be, and they're out of games that they should be. It's the wackiest thing. But for me, Michigan State, if they finish fifth and they get Notre Dame, you're looking your chops, especially after the, the past six games that they've had.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's back to best uh excuse me, best two out of three. Last year it was just a best Which is of even one better. because of COVID, but because they can win
2: three. one of those games,
1: I easily. Would, I would say it's only better if they face Notre Dame. I don't it think is. I don't think a best of three favors Michigan State at all.
2: No, the thing is, is to me they can't beat a full a full rostered Minnesota. They can't beat a full rostered Minnesota. They maybe can take one game against Ohio State; they'll lose two, and then you do not want to play Michigan should they fall out. You no. just don't, especially at Yost. You don't
1: have yeah, fingers crossed for Notre Dame.
2: That's best case scenario at this point. I yeah. think we, I think me and a couple of other people did the math at practice the other day. Michigan state has to win five or six out of the next eight and Notre Dame can't win more than two. It's more than three. It's, I'm pretty sure it's three, but it's
1: like a 1% chance of happening
2: not necessarily. I mean, I don't does anybody want to look up Notre Dame's schedule real quick? That would be I got you. You got me? Yo. Because honestly, there could be some room. There's wiggle room.
0: Uh I don't know exactly how likely it is. Okay, so this weekend uh uh Notre They have da- to have a bye
2: week at some point.
0: Uh it doesn't look like it. They play four they play four series this month. Okay. Uh, so, this weekend they're at home against Penn State, and then they go to Wisconsin. Uh, the weekend after (laughs) and then the weekend after that they're in East Lansing Uh, and then the weekend after that is their toughest game of that and they're home against Michigan
1: yeah they're gonna win four of those games oh for those four series easily.
2: Michigan State wins both of their games if Michigan wins both of theirs there's four I can see Penn State with the way that Penn State has been playing taking one against Notre Dame yeah I see that is that game at Pagula or at Compton 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 yeah
0: they only that's go to Cold. only go to Cole and Mun this this month.
2: There's a scenario. I mean there is. there is. Michigan State just has to win both of those games at home. But it's a Big Ten home game.
1: You know what MSU? MSU needs Locker and Louie back. Do we have any intel on that? Any anything? I heard week to week for Louie. That was Lewandowski is week to week. That's I mean, that's been the same. For but a long he
2: will time. he's hopefully as what Danton said he should be back Ooh. soon. TM. Don't quote me on this, no. but I would think for the final two weeks of the season. Lockrin, I believe, could be back as early as Michigan.
1: That would be huge.
2: If I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, this isn't set in stone.
2: By the no, way. this is not. I'm no. just, I am, I don't. No, exactly. They're one's week to week. The other one is just being assessed as it is. But I would not be surprised to see both of them back for the final two weeks of the season.
1: That would be huge. And both you know, both series at home too. That would that could be if they both if they come back, I don't know how is gonna be playing in two weeks, but if they both are back for those two home series against Notre Dame and Penn State to close out the season, that that could be four wins. Because the way that this team looked in the first half of the season, they were eight, five, and one with some big ten, with some non-big ten play. They were looking good. They were looking like they could I was I was talking about them getting top 20 votes and getting in there possibly. Then they uh think they split against Ohio State and then that never happened. But like that that would be huge. I think that scenario can happen if MSU gets those two players back. But that's you know, who who knows, especially if hockey, especially if college hockey. <laughs> Who knows when people are coming back. But anything else on that series at all, gentlemen? Sweet. We are moving on. Uh, MSU does fall to 11-14-1. And, and last in the Big Ten with that series sweep by Ohio State. And now they have lost the last 8 out of 10. And that's just... I shouldn't have even added that. <laughs> I should have just skipped right over that. But we do have some positive things to talk about. And uh, that ties to the Minnesota series. So the line of Middendorf... Tucker and Davidson, all new guys that was made during the second game that MSU faced Minnesota earlier in the season. Uh, Danticole shuffled the lines up after the first game was a loss made the Middendorf Tucker Davidson line. And now they have five goals and eight assists over the five games they played together there. In my opinion, the best line MSU has right now. And like, they're all new people. So, Hey, that that's positive. They got two leading goal scorers on that line a leading assist leader on the team. It's, I mean, that might be the only bright spot on the team right now. But hey, at least they got that going. You guys got anything on that, or I just want to put that in there. <laughs> eh, I mean, <laughs> not particularly. No, nah. <laughs> just I just I just need to put something positive in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Uh,
0: hopefully, yeah, you can get more guys to keep stepping up as time goes on. Um, yeah, because like like it's shown pretty much without Louis, this the offense just disappears. So.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy how night and day and it and night and day it is. But moving on, talking about the Minnesota series coming up this weekend. Number eight Minnesota, or not number eight Minnesota comes into town. MSU takes on number eight Minnesota at 3M arena in Mariucci. That's what it's called. Yep. Yeah. So Minnesota is currently 15, 11 and zero. They're third in the Big Ten with 31 points. This is the second time these teams are facing off in the season. Uh, this is second meeting in five weeks, so they didn't meet too long ago. Uh, MSU has not toppled the Gophers since two seasons ago at uh, February 8th in 2020. So they, they're, they're, they're looking at their chops. They, they want to beat this team. This team has had their number for years. They want to go in there. They want to steal some games and snap this six-game losing streak. Last year, too, in the opening round of the Big Ten tourney, these two teams played and MSU gave them everything they got. It was super close, super entertaining game. And eventually Minnesota won it in overtime 2 1. So there's another additive for MSU. You haven't beaten Minnesota in a while. Last time you faced them in the Big Ten tournament, it was you were this close. So, like, if you need any extra motivation motivation, MSU, just call me. I will give it to you at this point. I will give you all the motivation you need. But uh, the first two games this year went in Minnesota's favor, 4-1 and 6-3. Those games were played at Mun. But there is hope for the Spartans because the 2022 Beijing Olympics are happening. Uh, Three skaters from Minnesota are going to skate for Team USA. So their captain, Ben Myers, who leads the team with points of 26. He is gone. Freshman Matthew Nyes, Is that how you pronounce that? I think so he is also gone he is second on the team of points of 25 and then defenseman Brock Faber is also gone all on team USA so if you're MSU you're looking at this weekend you got a lot of motivation you got a lot of a lot of things going in your way that that could that could result in a win and break the streak and also Jack Lafontaine is no longer on the team their starting goalie signed of carolina after the uh, the first series against michigan state so you got a you got a lot of positives there for michigan state uh, do you guys have any, anything to talk about with this preview?
0: Um, not particularly. It'll be interesting to see like how the more depleted Minnesota team is if Michigan State can take advantage of that. Um, but still, we're talking about Minnesota here. It's not like they're going to turn into Saint Thomas all of a sudden. So they'll still have plenty of work cut out for them. <laughs> the Saint Thomas. <laughs> Oh my there is God. no
2: need to throw that program <laughs> under that big of a bus. We've been
1: doing it all season. Um, I hope no St. Thomas fans aren't they also in
2: Minneapolis? I think they're Minnesota
1: based.
0: I'm pretty sure they're also in Minneapolis. Actually, Minnesota. I remember because yeah, no, when I was in Minneapolis for the Red Classic, I think that was actually I remember seeing yeah, they were there something about that oh, St. Tommies. Paul, Minnesota. That was close, Twin Cities. Um, but still, yeah, like I said, we're talking about Minnesota here. They MSU still has plenty of work cut out for them. Don't oh, expect yes. them to just kind of lie down um even then like they've still it's also been interesting to see with minnesota but they've been the whole year pretty much been very inconsistent like they will come out and just dominate a team one game and then lose it lose to a team they really should beat um the next game like i wrote about it in my preview for the last minnesota series was um like, they gave Wisconsin their first win in the Big Ten of the season, l- losing in overtime. Or, like, the weekend after they played Michigan State, they went on the road and lost Game 2 to Alaska, of all yep. teams. So, like, and then they've split every series in January, aside from that Michigan State series. Let I tell you what it does. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of my thing. I think... I'm curious how to see how it's going to be without the LaFontaine and the Nice and or the Nice and whoever else of the world, um, but yeah, it'll it'll still be definitely a challenge for sure.
2: Yeah, and I mean it as they said, it's it's still a very tough team. They still have a lot of talent on that oh, team. Yeah. Dan Cole said that on Monday at his presser, he basically said like, yeah, those three guys are out, but they still have very they're they're ranked high, not just because of you know Matthew Nice Ben Myers. And Brock Faber, they're ranked up there with the top echelon of programs right now because they have depth scoring, which is something that Michigan State doesn't really have right now. But I think that the one thing that we like we are overlooking is this Justin Close kid, because coming in for the now Carolina Hurricane slash Hartford Whaler whenever they want to be, um, <laughs> beautiful um, goaltender and Jack Lafontaine, he's gone. But Close has a better goals-against-average, smaller sample size, I would say, but he's still pretty good. Like, that's that's the one thing we, as a potter, are overlooking is the fact that this kid is still winning games for Minnesota. It's not a complete night-and-day difference. It's not like you have a, a backup goaltender who's a sieve so or Swiss cheese. But to me, that and the fact that Justin Close has a point – Jack LaFontaine did not have a point. So you have a you have a goaltender that Deritter has two. How about you, those apples? You have a goaltender that can assist. Mm-hmm. So he's got silky mitts.
0: I don't understand why you'd ever pull the goalie in a late game situation. Just have just have Deritter out there, just like on the blue line. Oh no, my he God. You know, no, he can't. you he can't go past the red. I, I know, but I know they can't actually like move. But like, no, no. Could he put his stick over? No. And-
2: it's any it can't have well, because if he touches it with his stick over the red line, then it's oh, yeah, possession of the puck. Across. Oh, that'd be so sick to see that. Oh, uh, the best delay of game penalty you had ever seen. What well, was it, Patrick Wall that did that? Was it Waugh the stick or handle
1: Hassick? against I wanna, New York? I want to find out who did that. I swear, Wall or Hass. I, I trust you. I trust, I trust you. If the oh, no, Dominic it definitely Hashick was. never would, it definitely was Wall. I remember it. Dominic
2: so. Hashick was too busy giving up goals to the Dallas Stars and and <laughs> in late into the wee hours of the <laughs> so morning of it
1: okay so that's gonna wrap up our uh our preview for the minnesota series hopefully msu could pull a dub but we do have the blank wins if jacob get off your phone <laughs> wait
0: are you so, looking i'm sorry I, people are texting me
1: here <laughs> we're, we're doing important stuff for podcasting. i know here. but i got
0: i got for the never mind, never mind. the one let's, let's keep it let's keep it yes up, let's keep the blank it
1: of you go um put you on the spot m-
0: Sorry, wait, we're talking Michigan State or Minnesota? You didn't specify. Uh, the,
1: the both of them, either. I don't know. Minnesota. Uh, um,
0: so <laughs> Minnesota is gonna win if they just play their, their game. Like they don't have to really have to change anything up. They're still Minnesota.
1: Well, whoa, whoa whoa, wait. You say play their game. They're missing three people that play their game normally. So how are they gonna you how are they gonna play their game? They just need Yeah, their... but
2: they have twenty five other people that can play their game. <laughs> they just need their <laughs> deaf guys
0: to come in and clean up like they have been. I mean, they've been able to beat without, you know or well, I mean, with um whoever else without Lafontaine specifically since he left they've beaten Michigan and Notre Dame so they just needed really yeah you know, just have their depth guys step up and just keep play their normal game they've been playing all season and they should be able to beat Michigan State again which they already have twice
1: do you guys have uh Lafontaine car dealerships and uh what like st louis texas area at all no, no. this is just okay. the last name of the owner so <laughs> yeah it's uh i just i just wanted to uh to ask that because yeah there's a lot of la fontaine's out here
2: yeah the aside yeah. Lafontaine.
1: okay i'm done not gonna say the jingle uh Blackwoods if minnesota wins if they do what camera
2: i had something i lost it so i'm just gonna go with <laughs> straight down the middle answer minnesota wins if they beat michigan state five on five For some reason, the bread and butter of the Spartans, and that's basically been the kind of like facade of this team, is five on five scoring. They were able to score on the power play. Well, actually, I should say the facade is that they can score goals because they really can't five on five. They can only score them on special teams, it seems like. So for me, if Minnesota outscores Michigan State five on five and takes the the special teams aspect out of the game, then uh, Michigan State's dead in the water.
1: It's simple enough. For me, Minnesota will win if they control the puck much like OSU did. We talked about how in the first game, MSU, their offensive possessions was one shot, goes around the boards, and it's out, and it's gone. And you saw that MS it wasn't MSU's, well, it partially was MSU's fault that that happened, but they didn't get that many chances because OSU controlled it so well. So when MSU did have those chances and they, you know, they just escaped the blue line, OSU controlled it. They waited till they had a good opportunity to enter the zone, and they had sustained zone pressure. So I think if you're Minnesota, you see that you could do that, and they will utilize that against MSU and get a win or two. So on the other side of things, Michigan State will win if they do what Stency.
0: Uh, they got to win the fifty-fifty battles. I think that's the most important thing. It kind of piggybacks off what you were saying about the puck possession uh, more than anything, and that that was kind of my thing specifically was with those when I was ranting about those last two minutes of the of Ohio State game two, was they were winning that puck possession battle. They were able to get those second, third, fourth even looks at Dobesh in this game. It going be close in the new one, but if they can continue to do that and they'll just be able to, you know, grind out those rebounds by trying to out muscle the other team a little bit, um, granted this is a very tall ask of Minnesota of all teams in how they play. Um, I think they'll put themselves in a very good position to finally break this losing streak.
1: Which they ever so need to. Cam, what you got?
2: It's going to be something similar to what you said, Jacob, but they have to win the neutral zone battle. They have to control it because Minnesota is methodical. They are a very like meta team. That's why when you look at their stats, they're these two teams are joint bottom two, in the Big Ten in terms of shots on goal per game. Minnesota at 31, Michigan State at just under 28. Minnesota, they can run and gun if they want to. They can run and gun on their own rink, but they are methodical with the way that they play. You see it with the way that Ben Myers skates and is able to you know, just pass the puck around wherever he wants. He's methodical. That's how they train those kids. But for Michigan State, if they want to break the six-game losing streak, they have to win the neutral zone. You can't turn the puck over on, on with unforced errors. Can't misplace passes at the red line, which is something that has led to goals a couple of times so far since this calendar year. But they have to win the neutral zone and they have to play like they did against Ohio State in the second game, which they played better in the neutral zone. Limit the turnovers, make a tape to tape pass, and think. Just do what they did at the beginning of the year whenever they were dominating Air Force, Ferris, Miami through the neutral zone. Now, mind you, It's Ferris, Air Force, and Miami. But still, those kids are playing Division I college hockey. They're good enough to play. You're in the upper echelons of your sport. If Michigan State plays like they did against those teams through the neutral zone, they have a chance to break the six-game schneid.
1: For me, I'm going to go with a little two-parter because one of them I use like every other week. First one, score a power play goal. Michigan State hasn't scored one in three games. Obviously, that hurt them against Ohio State if they score one. Or if they score another one in that game two, it's three three. But um I'll say score power play goal is one because I think they need that, and then score three or more goals. MSU is seven one when they score three or more goals. And I think that with the uh the players out for Minnesota, their two leading scores, like if if you score three goals, it's gonna be hard for them to put three back, especially with De Ritter or Charleston in that. So I think MSU. Score three goals, one of those on the power play or so, and you're you're in some good hands. So that wraps up the blank wins if Moving on to the Pickums, and uh, we got a lot to talk about a lot of talk about, about the Pickums. I'm excited about it, but uh, first we'll go ahead and update the standings. Two weeks ago, Jacob and Cam, you guys both got one point for guessing the uh, Michigan Minnesota split. Penn State did sweep Wisconsin, so I got two there. Ohio State did sweep MSU, sadly, so I got another two, Ah, uh. and then since one of the games uh, between Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan got postponed, we won't count that for any points. So, I sit in last with 26th, I'm three points behind Cameron, Cameron's got 29, I'm finally back in sniffing distance of somebody, and then Jacob's still in first, leading by seven with 36 points overall. So, those are the updated standings. And we've been teasing this a couple times. We are finally implementing it into this season. Since it is the last month of MSU hockey, we are throwing a little bit of a wrench into things. Jacob Jacob looks nervous. Jacob, Jacob's shaking over here. But we are doing the double down. We're bringing back the double down like we had last season that made so much chaos. What, you were, were you at first, Jacob? And then you ended up getting last. Yeah, he was really clear. I, was. Yeah. I, <laughs>
0: I went too heavy and I went too, I gambled too hard on the on the double downs and it did not work. He went
1: me. from first to last in the
0: span yeah. of
2: three weeks, three, four weeks. Because, because Kyle it, caught up.
0: Yeah, because I just, I kept doubling down too much. The, just, the double downs could get you. It, it, it wrecked me. That's if all. If you
2: as a betting man, you got to know when to hold them, you got to know when to fold them.
0: I've got, I've, got a different approach. I've got a different approach this year, so uh-huh. we'll see how it works out.
2: Yeah, get so far ahead that nobody else can catch you. <laughs> well, it's only oh, seven duh. points now.
0: Duh,
1: duh. And with the uh with the double down uh the stand or double down whatever the heck you want to call it, with the implications from it, I'll re update them because it's a whole new year. I mean, hey, seven points is not that hard to get anymore. So basically if you double down, you could you could pick your normal picks. You don't have to double down. Doubling down is your decision. But if you choose to double down on a split, you get two points instead of one. If you choose to double down on somebody sweeping somebody, you get four points instead of two. And if you lose that double down, I'm pretty sure we're go- we did it this way last year. If you lose that double down, you only lose one for a split. And if you lose the double down on a sweep prediction, you only lose two. I'm pretty sure we did it that way. Yeah, that's how we did it. That's yeah. how we did it. Okay. So doubling down is very, very like you could go up four points or go down two. So like we had a lot of double downs last year, and I think it's gonna be the same thing. So welcome back, double down. We missed you. I missed you specifically because I've been in last the whole season, but I did uh, not. Jacob did not. <laughs> so uh the first game on the slate, Penn State travels to Compton Ice Arena to take on the number three or number thirteen rather fighting Irish. Jacob, who are you picking?
0: Give me the Irish uh in a sweep. Not doubling down on it, that's part of my strategy, is to avoid using the double downs <laughs> as much as I can. Uh, but Notre Dame has lo- lost two games in all of January, and they played what looks, if I'm reading this right, or so, okay, so they lost three games. I'm not counting Niagara uh, on the first of the year, because whatever. But they've lo- the only teams they've lost to are Ohio State and Minnesota. They swept Penn State at Pagoula earlier that month, too. So there's no real reason, I Ooh. think, to pick against a Notre Dame team that is still very, very good against a Penn State team that's eh, still been struggling. So give me the Irish.
2: I can see Penn State taking one just because Penn State Revenge Tour, I've called it all year. (laughs) Yeah, look how that's Uh, fared out for them.
1: Um, One point above MSU.
2: Give me the Irish. You know, they were the um, mascot of my second Little League baseball team, so they, they hold uh, a special so sorry place for you. In, in my heart. I'll forever be a <laughs> that Carrollton Leprechaun. Little League uh, fighting Irish. I, I don't know even know what we were. But I will say this. We're doing it. Double down. Whoa. Give me the Irish, and I want four points. So please, South Bend, do me proud, because if not, I will drive the three hours and start asking questions.
1: Would you drive the three hours in the snowstorm, though? I don't care. You Wow, okay, that's bold. He will ask the questions. Watch out, Notre Dame. You might want to win the series. Cam will be asking questions if not. For me, what worked out two weeks ago is going away from your guys' picks, so I'm going to do a little bit of that this week, and I'm going to go for the split. I think Penn State, they're not the best team, but I just feel like they're going to pull a game against Notre Dame at Notre Dame for some odd reason. It's just a weird inclination, but I'm going with it, so give me the split. I will not be doubling down on that, though. So next game on the slate (laughs) <laughs> Wisconsin taking on number nine Ohio State at Ohio State. Stency, what you doing?
0: Uh so when I was talking about avoiding the double down as much as I could, uh, there's some where I feel like it's kind it's kind of a layup in order to take it. And I think that's what I got here. Give me the Buckeyes. Ohio State absolute wagon right now. Uh, yep. I'm I'm looking at their schedule, just replaying it. And they've kind of been like this all year. They have two losses on their enti- on their schedule that I would consider not good losses. So they're, they're two non conference losses. They lost first game of the season to Bentley, and then they lost one more in late November to Mercyhurst by goal. So, but other than that, like their only other losses have been to like the Minnesotas and the Notre Dames of the world. So they haven't had any bad losses. I would consider l- losing to Wisconsin a bad loss for Ohio State. I don't see that happening. Give me the Buckeyes a sweep, doubling down on it. What you got, Cam?
2: There are a few absolutes in life. Death, taxes, and a Michigan State men's basketball turnover at the beginning of the game. Yep. So for me, there's another one. And it's Ohio State obliterating Wisconsin Mm -hmm. in Columbus. I don't see how they lose this game unless, you know, like the flu goes around or somebody can't get to the rank on time. It's there's. Or As Stinson said, it's a layup. <laughs> if somebody were to ask me if I would bet on Michigan State having the first turnover in the men's basketball game, that's an easy free ten bucks. This is an easy double down, so we're going for it. Give me the Buckeyes.
1: And even though I said I was going to go away from you guys' picks, this is just this is a no-brainer. Ohio State, absolute wagon. Like Jacob said, they've won thirteen of the past eleven. Our freshmen are just going absolutely nuclear. Would you have be been
0: 11 of the past 13?
1: Or, yeah, 11 of the past they won if 13. If they won 13 in the last that 11, good. that's special. <laughs> Thank Damn. you for calling me out. That's, I didn't even New notice. That's New York Jets
2: level. <laughs> <laughs> like tomfoolery.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I it's a no-brainer. Give me OSU, and I am doubling down on that. So we, we all had the same thing there. Um, next series on the slate, Michigan State travels to Minnesota to take on the
0: number 8 Golden Gophers. Didn't see who you got. I've been going, I've been kind of going back and forth on this um, just because, like, you know, Michigan State still reeling for a win. I think they've put some pieces together to where they can do it, uh, to where they can put off a win here. But I just don't think this is the team to do it. This is, I, I get them missing some star players, but it's Minnesota here. And the way that I noticed they were able to score their goals and compete with Ohio State is kind of the exact same play style Minnesota likes to play. Or maybe a better way to phrase that, they, if I, if the way I noticed they were able to get some offense was when they were able to out-physical the other team. And you are not going to be able to out-physical Minnesota. I believe they are act legitimately the biggest uh, and tallest team in the country. You're not going to be able to do that. So give me the Gophers in yeah. a sweep. Oh, taking the Gophers. No double down? No, no, double down, because I think it's still possible that Michigan State can pull off one, at least one, but anything's possible.
2: Michigan State loses a game they should win, and Minnesota loses a game that they should win. i I've got a split. I see Michigan State taking some of those lessons that they did against Ohio State to three m Um, I think they're gonna be a lot better than they were last year at that rank because, as we saw, there was one specific power play where Minnesota went from like. What What's the rank size? 100? 100, 100 wide? Olympic sheet. We'll just say that. They went from Olympic sheet spread out to NHL sheet spread out, and they just collapsed and suffocated the Spartan penalty kill, and it was like a master class to watch. I think Michigan State plays better. Um, I don't know exactly which game they're going to win, but I do say that Michigan State pulls off a victory and breaks the losing streak.
1: Michigan State is winning game two in this series – 3-2. They will get the split. They will finally break the streak. And, I mean, hey, they're they're rested team off a of bye week. They're hungry, just like just like against Ohio State. This, this time, though, I mean, you've lost six games straight now. You don't want to make it eight. I, I think this is the time where they finally put their foot down, get a win, stop this, stop the bleeding, please, please, Michigan State. So I'm taking the split, and I am not doubling down on that at all. So the last one on the slate, I just like throwing in a random one here and there, just a nice high-ranked matchup just because. Number seven, St. Cloud State travels to number four, Denver. Stincy. what are you
0: picking? So there's always there's a pattern in this kind of thing. Every time you'll throw in like a, like a highly-ranked NCHC matchup here, I don't follow the NCHC really. I focus on the Big Ten for obvious reasons. Um, but... There's a method to it. Every single time, I pick a split, and I think I've been right all but one time. So, no reason for that to change. Give me a split. Not doubling down on it, though.
2: Yeah, I'll split. Um, I do like both teams, though. You know, St. Cloud, runners-up last year. And then this is a Denver team that's threatening. Now, mind you, this, this is going to make up for a pretty interesting NCAA race because, you know, NCHC could have... Quite a few teams in there. So, I don't know. I don't follow it too much. Uh, Denver will always, you know, I love their uniforms. So, that and I, I love St. Cloud as well. Um, their uniforms, their blackouts are great. But, yes. yeah, I've got a split. Don't see nothing else that says otherwise.
1: So, just because I'm down and I, I got to be different from you guys? Well, not just because. I actually do believe in Denver. I am picking Denver the sweep here they're absolutely tearing it up they've gone 14 one and one in their last 16 in that conference isn't that that's not that's nuts i don't think they were predicted to uh win the NGHC and now they're just running away with it right now so i'm picking denver st cloud state dropped the last two so hopefully denver can get me a couple of points so that wraps up
0: I'm going to throw in something, actually, first. Uh, It's uh, Because we've talked about doing this a little bit. Um, Doing a little prop bet here, because we were talking about the NCHC. Um, I'll read you off the the list here in a minute. But how many NCHC teams do you think make the tournament? How many teams are there? Eight? There are eight teams in the NCHC right now. Okay. I'll read you off this list. Yeah. In alphabetical Mm -hmm. order. Colorado College, Denver, Miami. Minnesota Duluth, Omaha, North Dakota, St. Cloud State, and Western Michigan.
1: Denver, I'll Minnesota, set, Duluth,
0: Duluth. I'll, I'll set the Dakota. line. <laughs> I'll set the line
1: at four and a half. Oh, Do we go over under? Is I don't know how good Omaha is. Let me check Omaha's schedule. I believe they ranked about like fifteenth. Holy Her- oh, shoot.
2: I mean, this is disgusting.
0: They're just So Denver, Western, good. Duluth. Oh, they fell off actually a little bit. They're eighteen now. <laughs> Omaha.
2: North Dakota. And who is the other one?
0: Uh is St. Cloud. Cloud in the NCHC? Yeah, yes. Cloud, it's yeah. St. Cloud. They're
2: all in the top eighteen. <laughs>
0: yes. Except yeah, the only ones that aren't are like yeah, C CC
1: and um Miami. Miami. Is Dakota North Dakota ranked right now? Yeah, yeah they're, they're at thir- uh wow. twelve.
2: Now let's check yeah, cool. our favorite Jeez. one. I'm checking in like things right now. This is just
1: Okay, so let's see. And there's no cap on how many teams? They're not going to put five teams from one conference. There's no way. It's under. I'm going under four and a half. There's no way they can.
0: Pairwise I says otherwise. I was going to say. I don't know, man. Pairwise says five. When you've pairwise got pairwise says five. When you've got that and many shoot teams, if you
1: can put five in. Then, um, wh- oh, what, it's going
2: to be disgusting. What, what did I say the line was? Four and a <laughs> half. Four and a half. Yeah. You might have to drop it down to three and a half because there's aqs. Oh yeah. But yeah. they could get. Like, I. I don't know how many champ. How many, there's like what eight divisions. Six. So Six divisions, so six yeah. AQS, NCHC, which means Hockey ten East, Big at 10. large. You're gonna give four to the NCHC.
1: Yeah, a, team, a
2: conference
0: that, that had might had that been. might. Be but it. like, who would? Who else would you? What other conferences would you give teams to? Like, you're gonna only... get
2: three for Big Ten. So there. Yeah. So if you have, if there's six, so there's six and ten. So there's ten at large. Four of them going to the NCHC. Three going to the Big Ten. Then you have to worry about Hockey East. Yeah, the, I don't see five teams. One I, I don't see in. five, four. Four is a good bet. Drop it down to I three and four, a half. Yeah. Make it four, because you have teams that are on the bubble, looking in, that are in like weird conferences. So like you have AIC that can make a run, um, in, what are they in? They're not. In, they're in.
0: I got you. Uh, the Atlantic.
2: Yeah, so you have an Atlantic. Who who else is in the Atlantic?
0: Besides- Air Force, AIC, Army, Bentley, Canisius, Holy Cross, Mercyhurst, Niagara, RIT, Robert Morris, and Sacred Heart.
2: I can see Canisius being the only person that uh, gets in. Is it Canisius or is it Quinnipiac in there as well? It's no.
0: Canisius. So. Uh, QPAC's in the ECAC. Where the heck Q-PAC, is Canisius?
2: Why is- Wait, Canisius? No, please don't tell me that Canisius sucks and make me look bad.
0: I, was- I didn't think Canisius was that good.
2: Okay, Canisius is not. So who else was in there?
0: So it's Air Sorry. Force, AIC, Army, Bentley, Canisius, Holy Cross, Mercyhurst, Niagara, RIT, Robert Morris, Sacred Heart.
2: I mean, the highest one is AIC out of that. It's really not
0: a good conference compared no. to—, compared no, to it's the- an
2: AQ. So I can see—so the Atlantic is only going to get one then. Yeah. And then you have maybe one or two from Hockey East, and that would satisfy your problem. I don't see them getting five, even if pairwise says it— Unless you drop down the number, unless the Big Ten only gets three in, so two with, two qualifiers, so four and two. That could work. See, my, two, my, two Big Ten at large teams. See,
0: the thing I'm—I know we're rambling a little bit here, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here shortly. Hey, it's near the end of the episode. But, you yeah, know. I mean, but my thing is with this, I'm looking at these other teams and like. From what I'm seeing, there's a lot of these conferences that are pr- pretty darn top heavy. Like I, I see the same thing going on with the CCHA. I really only realistically see two, maybe three teams coming from there. Uh, Minnesota State, obviously,
2: and, and then like tech, tech,
0: either Tech or Northern. Who? Like, probably Tech.
2: Yeah, um, one of them is gonna whichever one goes farther in the tournament. Yeah,
0: exactly. But like even then, that's still that's only like another two or three. So right if there. you think yeah. about it,
2: you have six, and then you have four to the NC. So there's you have six remaining, two more to Big Ten teams. So now you have four remaining. You could do one at-large to the CC. You could do... And then you could either do one or two to one conference out of the remaining three. Because if you think about it, the Atlantic's only going to get one, and it's an AQ. Yeah. Which, as of right now, would be um, AIC. So it, it is possible that five teams from the NCHC make it. Jeez. Three and a half would be a better line than four and a half. Four and a half, four and a half is where the bookies are going to be like,
0: ooh. Interesting. That's where you make things interesting. That's what I'm saying here. That, mm-hmm. it, it's o- it only makes yeah, for, as make it it for good As it stands right now, yes. Makes for good people, conversation. To be honest, take, I don't I, see no. I'm I would taking say the four.
1: over. I'm taking the over. I'm, I'm taking, taking the under. Okay. I'm taking under. All right. All right. Jackson all Mahomes all right. has the under. Oh, God. Don't bring it up. I, I like Patrick as Holmes, a, but Jackson and his wife. As a Chiefs fans, we wife, do not
0: but... speak that name
1: right now. Oh, geez. Okay, anyways, we still got a little bit I... more to talk about. In other news, but MSU hockey-related, MSU has two alums skating in the uh, 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. Justin Ablocator will wear the assistant captain A on his chest for Team USA. And then this one was weird. I had to do a little research as to why, but Jake Chelios will play for China. He right now plays for the Kunlun Red Stars in the KHL. And since that's a Chinese-based team that plays out of Beijing and he has a citizenship in China, he's playing for Team China. And uh, Team China actually is made up of 11 Canadians, 7 USA skaters, a Russian, and 6 native Chinese skaters. So that's, that's going to be interesting. That might, that might be an interesting team to look at in the winter. Oli- Are you guys watching the Winter Olympics though? Are you guys going to? Yeah, I'll watch. Hopefully,
0: um, that's the plan. At least it's that's, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be definitely interesting. Definitely be a little more competitive than, or at least you'd think. Maybe the USA and Canada won't completely run things like they have in the past.
1: Who knows? Oh, what? Sweden, Finland. They everybody's got Russia. They're they're all good year and year out. It's not just dominated by. But like USA, and we're talking Canada, every though, every players.
0: now and again, someone makes a run for a silver or makes a run for a silver because. One of the two lost in the round before, or because they one of them upsets USA or Canada once.
2: Why don't we just do that real quick to end the episode? Top three, go for it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of guessing here. I haven't looked at the full rosters. I'm oh, just gonna yeah. go. I'm just gonna go. Canada gold, um, U.S. silver, and we'll just we'll just say Finland for the for the for the bronze. I might go.
2: Hmm. I want to say, I was going to say um, Olympic athletes from Russia, but they don't have necessarily all the people that they would need to. I could see, I don't know if Canada would get gold. I actually think it might be.
0: Actually, wait, yeah, let me. Sweden. I'm, I'm going to rephrase it. actually.
2: Canada I'm, and then uh, Olympic athletes from Russia. I was
0: going to say, I'm taking actually Russia for the bronze instead, cause, just because of the KHL guys.
2: Yeah. So I'm going, I'm going Sweden, Canada, Russia. In that order. Sweden-Canada,
1: okay.
0: No faith in Justin Abdelkader?
2: No, no faith in Team USA. <laughs> Sorry.
1: No faith in Jake Sanderson? They, they'll play for a third-place
2: game. They'll play for a third-place game, as long as they could probably beat like the Finlands and the Slovakias of the world.
1: I'm going to go Russia for the gold, because I know the KHL is strong, and I know a lot, because Russia, it's Russia, they they have conflict with USA, so a lot of people in Russia don't want to move to the, the Americas or the Canadas to play hockey, so I know they got a strong league there, going Russia gold, I'll go Sweden silver, because I know year in, year out, the Swedes are good, and then I'll go Canada for the silver. So hey, we'll we'll see who's the closest there. We'll go watch the Olympics; it's in Beijing. Last time Beijing had a Summer Olympics, the opening ceremony was absolutely bliss, was beautiful. So hey, take your time out of your day, watch that opening ceremony. I think they're rebroadcasting it at a later time on like you know the big stations because I think the opening ceremony is six thirty E. EST. So uh, yeah, go ahead, just just watch some Winter Olympics, have some fun with it. That's gonna wrap it up from us here in the studio. I, geez, I don't know how much snow is going to be out there, but I'll, I'll just keep it short and simple. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week to break down the Minnesota series. Thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day. Peace out.